This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. As is often the case anymore in politics, you've got the primary election and the general election. And in a lot of cases, it seems like uh, the primary election is the election, right? Uh, uh, And I, I think with what we would have called gerrymandering in the past and you've got districts set up to be red or blue, you know, uh, it's not that people don't have a choice. You have a choice generally on the ballot, but it, it doesn't feel like it's a November choice. It feels like it's a March choice. Regan Daring joins us. Do you feel that way? Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, definitely. I yeah. mean, we have had lots of conversations about how the gerrymandering just makes districts very red or very blue. Yeah. And there's very few moderate um, you know, you mentioned you have a choice because you do get to pick sometimes in a primary, but um, naturally it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of middle ground. Right. And, and it's, it's like no one can really take a stand either because you go to Republican states and they do the same thing in their districts that Democrat states do. I mean, everybody just goes, oh, the Democrats. Well, go to a Republican state and see what the map looks like. That's why the census matters so much. It's why people uh, spend all these money to get these seats, uh, because they want to be able to control what these districts look like, red or blue. And then you can stay there for 10 years. Yeah. I'm very cynical about the whole thing. I don't understand that we can't just do some sort of computer-generated fair thing that... You know, uh, and then people have to actually run on merit, uh, you know, rather than, uh, you know, and have the voters choose them rather than than the politician choosing the voters. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. I don't know that's ever going to happen. I don't think it. I think both sides like to have it as a, you know, billy club to beat up on people, but they don't either one of them really want to change it because just in case you guys get in power, you want the same ability. Yeah. Sort of like term limits. You know, everybody talks about it and wants it, but I'm not sure. All right. get passed because it's the people that are currently there that control. Okay. Uh, you're, you are running for state office uh, in the new seat uh, that uh, Representative Calkins is leaving uh, after the new remapping. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about why you were going to run. I want to know what you're going to do if you win. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, is the only Freedom Caucus going to be your home, or are you going to do things a little differently if elected to represent this area? Well, I had an, a reporter ask me before the new year about um, joining caucuses, and I said, well, till I get elected, I'm a caucus of one. Okay. You know, you kind of think you have to get your feet wet. You got to find out where um, fellow representatives align on things. And really, you know, I have an agenda. I've got, you know, experience in sort of having me prioritize education and small businesses and really just economic growth. Living here in Decatur, we know uh, some of those drivers are good for our community, and so it's being able to represent the people. Um, the 88th is fairly rural. Uh, I was just at the Farm Bureau uh, yesterday up in McLean County and talking about ag issues and things. And so, you know, you, you kind of stay in your lane. That's that's what I intend to do. But um, I've found myself to be a leader in my community, and I'd like to see myself doing that in the capital as well. So that means bringing people together, talking about common sense legislation, you know, relying on the experts and things. Then you should be able to say, hell no, I'm not joining the Illinois Freedom Caucus, because that's the exact opposite of what they do. <laughs> well, they do, they do get a, a few name calling and, um, you know, I think it's... I always- just, you know what I know about the Illinois Freedom I know what they're against. I don't know what they're for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they're for the Republican platform. But the Republican know. platform is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. You, every well, election you goes by, you you... you you lose seats, you lose power, you lose the ability to sway any of the conversations. I, I would agree with you. I don't think the platform is shrinking. I think the representation of the Republican Party is shrinking in our state. You know, we've been pretty committed to the Republican platform for 
hundreds of years, and that hasn't changed. But No, but, but look at the candidate you ran for governor last time. I mean, you guys were the only ones who believed he had any chance of getting elected. Well, the people spoke, right? Yeah. I mean, and that, that's part of the problem. I, I'm glad to hear you say you want to represent the district because I'll give you an example of this. I was reading on, on Capital Facts uh, yesterday afternoon this morning, and I don't even know who this guy is, but Wesley Cash, who's a 58th Senate District uh, Republican candidate who's taken on uh, a guy who's already there. Uh, when asked about what he's going to do for his district, he said, I mean, there's nothing special about this district over every other district. Oh, dear. <laughs> and... That's sort of the thing if you're fighting national fights. You, you know, you really don't care about, I mean, I'm sure in some way he cares about people being employed in this district or, or helping small businesses or farmers or whatever it is. But it, I feel like so much of, of, of public service now is driven by, I just want to be on TV or I just want to yell about national issues. And I don't know what that does for the people of Decatur or Mount Zion or, or, or any other part of the 88th district. Yeah, no, I would agree with you that, uh, Local office matters more now than ever because there is so much of that really loud noise at the national level. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, immigration, you know, the border is not important. You know, the economy is not important. That all trickles down right here to Illinois. But the best part, I assume, is going to be constituent service. And that's people coming to you and saying, here's what I want you to fight for for me in the Capitol. And here's my priorities. And uh, I've always been a listener. I've always been a problem solver. So the ability to go, I recognize that Republicans are in the super minority. But, but and that's, you know, I, I, I often think that hasn't been the case always. Well, I mean, we act know. like it's just a blue state. Jim Edgar would not be allowed to be a Republican today. Mm, yeah. There's some definite division within the party. Yeah. I mean... And uh, I are, think are you a litmus test kind of candidate? I hope. I mean, no, I mean, are you 100 percent? I mean, <clears throat> this is what, in my opinion, what's wrong in general with the GOP in the state of Illinois is you've got to be 1000 percent straight down a line on everything or you're a rhino or you're a whatever mm -hmm. and you don't belong. Mm -hmm. And that isn't ever going to work in a state like Illinois no. I mean, if, if your goal is to regain win. power and win. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. There's uh, definitely the ability to coalesce and come together. We have to start. You know, the infighting, we, we have to be able to kind of, you know, prioritize, coalesce, be efficient, you know, and that's going to require going across the other side of the aisle. Um, you know, I think that people across Illinois are hurting and they want their elected officials to be advocates for them. And so that looks the same, whether it's here, whether it's Sushir, you know, right in the, the bordering district and talking about what do we need for Decatur or, you know, going up in the Bloomington Normal, which is in the 88th uh, kind of edge. And that's Representative Sharon Chung. She's a first term um, representative up there. So talking about we're all in this together. You know, we got to we got to move the needle for for our people. And I would think there would be clear things. That, that elected officials could look at that that definitely should be addressed at, at priority. And, and I agree with you. Uh, my friend Howard wrote a book called 50 State. You, you know, I mean, that, that every state's impacted by immigration. Every mm -hmm. state is impacted by illegal drugs that are coming across the border. Mm -hmm. We have a dysfunctional uh, I, that I think, and he believes, you got to get all of the politicians out of it to solve it because they don't want to solve it. They want to use it as an election issue to beat mm -hmm. each other over the heads with. We've got problems. But right now, isn't education and jobs uh, and agri business and and all the things you heard about yesterday at the park district uh, mm -hmm. breakfast isn't that what most people care about absolutely absolutely and we have a responsibility of getting out and talking to people and then talking about what we're going to the capitol and advocating for i mean something i've been talking about on the trail whether it was 
for the U.S. Congress race or this state house seat is we need people engaged. We need them talking to their elected officials. You know, I think I've said on this show before, show up to your city council meeting, show up to your county board meetings. You know, your elected officials are there to represent you, but if they don't hear your voice and they don't know what your priorities are, they're going to stay in this sort of, you know, headspace that is loud. And so, you know, we've got great businesses here. We've got great uh, natural resources here in Illinois. We've got great people here. And so we're all tired <laughs> of kind of the, yeah, I, the day-to-day. I, I think I, I hear what you're saying, but I think I have a complete opposite take on that. I, I think you want to elect grown-ups that don't need citizens screaming at them to do the right thing. And I don't think most people aren't even going to vote, let alone go to council meetings or school board meetings and, and have constructive criticism and be a part of the dialogue about how to make education better or how to pave roads. I think that's why we elect grownups to go there to bring back highway funding, to bring back projects, mm-hmm. to do right by the people that they're representing. And yeah. I'm not saying you don't have a voice, but we can't get most people to go. Their voice is on Election Day. And what do you think the percentage of registered voters will be that show up to vote in March for your race? Well, I'm trying to get as many as possible. I know you are. <laughs> and, and Well, you're trying to get one more than your opponent. Well, yeah, that does come down to that win number. But, you know, I think that there is a general frustration among the people. And I hear it when I, I mean, I go to them. I knock on doors. You know, we show up at. And and what's the frustration you hear? What do people bring up first? Is it guns? Is it abortion? Is it the immigration? Or is it problems that are that are here right in our own backyard? Well, it's the economy. I mean, and and the cost of things. You know, inflation. Inflation is the, the everything cost way too much. Yeah, and that will continue to be you know your bread and butter issue, regardless of income level, regardless of you know location in the state, and that's what you know we we have second highest taxes in the nation. You know, we have regulations, we're crushing small businesses, you know, we have big businesses leaving, we have people leaving, you know, we just continue to suppress people's economic freedom. And what will a tiny minority do about that? Well, I, you know, I refuse to take the mantra that, you know, we just can't get anything done. I mean, the reality is the way the party is split, our our votes don't even matter. I mean, there are committee hearings that... Right, so why not find fiscal conservatives that are more moderate on other issues instead of expelling them out of the party? Why don't you welcome more voices Mm -hmm. in to be able to get more people there to be able to have a bigger voice? I do think that that's the work that the Republican Party needs to do. I don't see them even going anywhere near that work. Well, you know, I I think that that's happening up in northern Chicago. I mean, Those are rhinos, Regan, you know this. Ask your Illinois Freedom Caucus buddies. They don't consider those people Republicans. I don't know. that. I'm aware that that group went up to Chicago and was meeting with uh, representatives up there talking about the immigration issue because obviously it's it's very elevated in Chicago because that's where those buses sure, are Sure, absolutely. And, and there's so a million ways to feel about having. that, but I don't understand what somebody representing Shelbyville has to do up in Chicago or any say about anything at all. Well, you know, the conversation starting up there because we have seen in McLean County it kind of came to a head uh, at their county board meeting. You know, these buses of migrants are So did are you agree or here. disagree with your opponent on this issue? I think that because he was leading the charge to keep them out. Yeah, I think the conversation needs to be had. And, you know, here in Macon County, I had a conversation with our mayor. I had a conversation with a few of our county board members saying, hey, your job is now going to be on the front lines of this. Should, you know, migrants come to Macon County or come to a Decatur? Sorry. What I said to them was. What's happening behind the scenes? You know, and the the answer I got was that we've been talking about this since November. 
and we have communication and we have a preliminary plan and we've been talking to the sheriff and we've been talking to our social service agencies. That's the kind of answers we want in a community is that our elected officials are coming together, are talking about what are our steps going to be. Um, you know, I think that probably um, my opponents bringing it before the board, it didn't pass. Um, you know, it didn't even get full Republican support, but I think it was probably in its um, arrangement and its delivery. You know, the Chicago suburbs of talking about what do we do to divert buses that stop here? And his angle was we want no taxpayer dollars going towards the people that land here. And it sort of became a humanitarian issue. Okay, instead. so let me ask you about that then. Uh, uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and, and I'll give you time to make your, your pitch. Um, <laughs> Do you find what Governor Abbott is doing to be completely inhumane? I mean, to to human beings, to children, to whether or not he's got a right to make the political point of that we're right on this border and we're dealing with this way more than you are. And it's easy for you to sit up there and tell us how we should live our lives. At the end of the day, these are human beings. Mm -hmm. I saw Rotary yesterday. They're trying to bring Ukrainians to Decatur who have been displaced. Why is it that, that those people are considered different than other people? Well, I think Governor Abbott's action... Um, is sending a message from his perspective. Well, I mean, I'm when talking about the human beings in the middle of this message, the, yeah, the no, small children, the child fair. that died on one of these buses. Yeah, it's not fair. And, you know, my most humane um, path would be to turn them back at the border. I mean, but we have an administration that has set out the welcome mat and we can't deliver. On the border has been promising. a problem for the last 20 years through Democrat and Republican. Uh, yeah, there is, forever. This didn't had, start with Joe Biden. No, but but it's escalating. I mean, under the last administration, we had quelled the influx. I mean, if you turn on the news right now, there are tens of thousands of people coming across, and they are saturating Texas. So okay. when you talk about Governor Abbott having to say, I've got to continue them on somewhere, there are resources right. in Chicago. There's but a, that's not why he's doing we've that. You think he's doing it as a humanitarian? Come on. He could send him to Nebraska. He's sending him to Chicago because we've got a governor that's a Democrat and it's all about well, but politics. But we're a sanctuary state. Okay. Do you think people will treat immigrants from Mexico or uh, other Latin American countries differently than what we will think about Ukrainians? I hope not. But, but I hope not, too. But you both, we both know what the answer to that is. Well, but when they do arrive here, I mean, most communities want to take care of people. I mean, and I think that the, the heightened conversation right now is with what money, with what resources. I mean, I was in Bloomington yesterday. There were 15 tents lined up, homeless people. I was at, you know, um, Home Sweet Home Ministries, and that's their job. And they are taking them in. But when you have another layer, um, you, you have finite resources, right? And I think that's the big conversation. So to be able to kind of quell the problem at the border is where we have to start. And that's nothing, something I can do at the state. Oh, come on. Level. The Illinois Freedom Caucus was just down at the border. Well, we can impress upon people, but and we can show oh, now what's we? happening. I just mean state oh, okay. uh, state elected officials. Right. I mean, because it's now coming to Illinois. we got a, so. uh, like a minute left here, okay. and I've already gone over. Uh, because <laughs> as I said, you can be a few minutes late today. Just your boss, no one's going to care. Be careful driving out there yeah. because the Some roads are not tailing. great. Some fish tailing happened for me. Uh, <laughs> all right. So can you make the case... If elected to your fellow Republicans, we've got to do something to be able to grow the party to have some more say in what is happening in government here in Illinois, because Absolutely. the path we're taking isn't working. It's making it worse. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, this this 88th seat is going to be from a Republican to a Republican. And so there's not much change there. But, you know, I'm 
working towards a win in March and then my ability to go out and find other Republicans that are trying to get into office because it's a numbers game, you know, but we have to be able to reach independents. We have to be able to reach moderate Democrats and say, you know, we have the right solutions. We're here to work for you. So my first goal is March 19th. I mean, I will give my pitch because I see Nick back there. I know. Saying, All right, roll it up. That's my fault. Um, I'm, I'm the one running late. But, that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we need voters to get out on March 19th. I mean, I have shown a commitment to my community and working towards solutions. So uh, should people put me into office, that's that's the commitment I'll give. So we have a website, Illinois.com. Uh, to your local listening audience, we have an event coming up on February 27th at the Decatur Club. Kind of one last gathering for um, getting me across the finish line on March 19th. And so follow along. We're showing up places. Um, reach out to me. Come let me, you know, tour your business. Talk about what uh, what we need to get done here in central Illinois. All right. It's R-E-G-A-N. I want to make sure everyone, people mispronounce your name. That's okay. Doesn't bother you? Nope. Really? Mm-mm. I grew up, you know, being in the Reagan era, so <laughs> it's kind of a <laughs> I, natural fit. I, I get it. Uh, all right. Well, um, maybe we try to do this one more time before the primary. We got you know a few weeks left, uh, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, appreciate you coming in, especially on such a, a bad weather day. And uh, yeah, be careful out there. Yeah, please Take do. Your time. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.